You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject I've got coming up for you, it's another good one. It is Morgan Janelle. She's a singer-songwriter based in the great city of Perth. So many wonderful artists over there. She's got a few singles in market right now. We talk about them throughout the conversation. And the better news is she's got an album on the way. I truly love listening to this lady's work. So here she is, Morgan Janelle. I haven't used Skype in so long. <laughs> Hi. We have liftoff. How's things? Yeah, good. How are you? I, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for rescheduling uh, for me. I'm just running a busy household here, so you know how I can get sometimes. <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I hate having sort of, you know, boom, 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 and then just sort of fit it into here sort of thing because then you sort of – the good ideas don't come in those moments, rest assured. Can't rush it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What's the day held for you thus far, apart from this interview, of course? Today I've been doing lots of um, lots of emails and um, I've got a few art commission projects I've been working on, so doing a lot of digital drawing and stuff like that. So, And I just um, – my single just got played on Triple J on Monday, so I'm like, okay, what are we going to do with that? So that kind of – taking that into account stuff has been keeping me busy. Triple J, the old beast. I suppose you, you probably get far more play on community stations and Western Australian based stations than Triple J, I take it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one gets Triple J. <laughs> Goddamn Triple J. These days, I'm 42, so growing up in the 90s, it was the station. I know. And I'm not just saying, my. I've been at uni, okay? I've just come from being at uni with the 18 to 24-year-olds, okay? Yeah. So... It's not just me and my generation in inverted commas, but who on earth listens to Triple J anymore? It's very um, mainstream and yeah. it's very trend. Like, and there's definitely a box around like what, what kind of works and stuff. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, their program, is it Richard Kingsmill? <laughs> he used to host some fantastic shows throughout the 90s, but these days it's just... Yeah. like, But I just don't think he's... Um, the king anymore you know <laughs> uh, yeah oh well well we'll do we'll do what we can for you then in so far as promoting these two singles because that's what lee sent through to me so yeah Ooh, there's three okay this, this one's the new one but yeah there's three that have come out in the last year so so disappear and wind me up and what's the name of the third one the earlier one was the first one it was called by by a little time Okay, and did you have videos for? I'm sure you had video a video for disappear, but did you have a video for wind me up and the one you just mentioned? It's coming. It's going to be another art, like um, because the video for disappear was like animated and stuff um okay. that I put together with stop motion yep. with my art. So I'm doing a similar thing for this one. Yeah, great video by the way, and I'll tell you what I love about disappear. Let's focus on that track for a moment because that's the one I've listened to the most by far. I must say. I love the cadence of the bass drum, which reminds me of a heartbeat. And I love the laid approach to building the song because that works a treat too. And it almost feels like it's an old school blues number, like a Delta blues number. Even though the music isn't anything like that, it gives me that feeling. It evokes that sort of feeling. And I think you've got a tremendous vocal. So congratulations on honing that because it's very hard to pin down a reference, which is what I normally do for listeners to the podcast. I say, for example, Morgan sounds like such and such. And apart from diving into some country music singers whose names I cannot even recall just from memory listening to songs, I can't 
suggest to anybody that you really sound like anybody else out there, except that you have enormous power in your voice, but you know how to hold it back. You're not a warbler. Thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, look, I've said all of that, but what else can you tell us about about Disappear? And feel free to dive into Wind Me Up in the other cut as well. Yeah, well, um, I like that you picked up, like, blues kind of vibe. Um, It's not like I've... It's not like I grew up listening to Muddy Waters and Blues and all of that stuff. It's not like I have that as a back kind of reference. However, um, I, I guess naturally always um, whenever I do vocals and stuff, it, it clicks over onto bluesy kind of notes and that soulful kind of um, vibe. So that definitely has come through on all of these songs. So Disappear was yeah the last single and then wind me up and um even though the yeah the production on them actually they're quite different um but it all kind of ties together because yeah the vocal brings it all together and I think that whole um I think that whole getting the vocal into how I want to push and pull it is just from doing you know, probably 2,000 gigs and I do live looping and harmonies and, and I've actually been singing on stage since I was five. So it's been it's been really inbuilt. So um, that's kind of where all that comes from. But, yeah, Disappear, um, I did. I recorded all of the songs here in Perth with Dave Parkin and the whole EP, so it's a five-track EP that will be out um before the end of the year with another single. So, um, yeah, they come as a collection and they're a package of five songs and the whole thing was funded. I did a Kickstarter. So um, it was really cool. Everyone kind of backed it, um, even though I hadn't released anything in basically forever. <laughs> and, um, they, and so the, the idea, and you find that with the video for Disappear, is that it's a mixture of there's the music and the vocals and the melody and the story Um and then there's my artwork as well because I'm a visual artist too. So the video aspect of it and and the performance side of things when hopefully we get to start touring a little more um, and that physical kind of thing starts to become like a, a merging of the music and the art. And it's just this whole world that I I can kind of I see it, I feel the colours of it, and I, and I make sure that I put that together with the videos. So. Yeah. I had this question for later, but let me ask it for you now, ask you now, because you are an artist that I think will shine in the live arena. And now that you've mentioned these intense visual productions that you'd like to bring with you, when when you can play live again, and let's just say that you will definitely be playing live again and we get over this bloody thing that we're all going through at the moment, how do you plan to do that? Do you plan to have a projector behind you where you've got some animations and the like to match the music that you're playing? Yeah, I'm at currently at the moment working on a fringe show because in Perth um, we're lucky we're going to, as far as I know, it's all going ahead for January. Um, so I'm, gonna work, I'm working with a cinema um, where it, we're going to do live music in the cinema and then that will tie in on the actual cinema screen um, with videos and animations and, and my artwork and a bit of an interactive kind of thing leading into it. Um, so that's like something obviously quite specific. Um, but if I can um, bring that idea into smaller shows, I think I'd like to turn um, turn it a bit on its head where instead of trying to fit art and visuals into music venues, because I 
found that to be quite challenging because obviously music venues are dark, they've got a great stage, but they're not set up, you know, to show off um, visuals and stuff. So I'd really love the opportunity to turn kind of that on its head and and activate like art galleries or strange spaces and really change it up. I've been working on some fun stuff with um, like if there's canvases that are painted with, and I mostly do mandala artworks and then abstract colours and things. Uh, but I was playing around with a video projector at home and um, having like a, a brightly coloured artwork and then having the video projected onto the artwork and actually creating something that looks like it's moving. And I really would love it to be not just a video behind but a really immersive kind of experience. So it's just about um, when the right time is. I think the cinema thing for Fringe will be fine because – that's what's happening. That's what Fringe is. It's quite straightforward. Um, but the other stuff is going to be fun to experiment, especially when touring. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah. What do you use with regards to your artwork? Are you using Adobe programs like Illustrator or are you, something else? No. Um, so I either draw and paint real and <laughs> in the real world or at the moment I'm loving working with um, Procreate on my iPad. Um, and then, and then I do mix all of that kind of stuff if I need to with just with Photoshop. And then as for editing, I've been really conscious to actually use apps because I really want to be able to share the DIYs and the how to's by not having to use like, you know, the, the extreme kind of editing stuff. So just been using that. I've got like a stop motion app. Um, and then I use, I think it's video leap. I've been using quite a lot and pick. Yeah, they're all apps, so yeah. I kind of wanted to go down that road, which is cool. Is this the sort of thing that takes up like 10 to 12 hours of your day, just learning how to do things and figuring out the apps? I know, I know for me, I use primarily Adobe stuff and a few apps too, but mainly all Adobe stuff. And I feel like I could keep on working on this stuff for a whole lifetime before they start changing the algorithm and an update comes through and then you've got to do things a different way again. So do you, do you find it frustrating working with the electronic side of things or is it fairly intuitive for you? I love it and I love working with the apps because I think what I've found is over the past, you know, two years or so when Instagram really started to become like a a lot more videos and stories and stuff, I've just been dabbling at it, you know, for so long that it was kind of natural and it felt like when I went into like, because I've only used iMovie anyway, but, um, and I never wanted to make the jump. Every time I had a video to do, I was like, so I want to make the jump to Final Cut or Premiere Pro or whatever. And I kept yep. thinking to myself, I don't want that learning curve right when I've got to get this video <laughs> done, blah, blah, blah. I'll stick with what I know. And it's funny because um, just getting into working with some art stuff, I was doing stuff on my phone and, like, I'd filmed some things from some apps, layered them up in one of these other video editing apps. And I thought, no, no, I should do this on iMovie. And as soon as I transferred it all, I was just like, oh, my God, this can't do anything that I want. And um, so I went back to the app and put it onto my iPad so I had a bigger screen to work with. So I've actually found it quite easy, Um, but I haven't used, like, the really good um, editing programs, so I might be missing out. (laughs) I reckon I've spent about 10 hours a day, 10 hours today alone on Premiere Pro alone, and it's so powerful. It allows you to do things like every single mistake. You can. It's like getting a metaphorical piece of sandpaper and sanding it down. So every um ah uh, 
in breath, all this sort of stuff, because it's such a powerful tool that allows you to do that, you do do it. I'm still not convinced that's the right way to do things. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm too much of a perfectionist when it comes to stuff like that. It's been a good learning curve to just go like, just get onto the apps and just put it out there. And go with the flow. Turn it back, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think you got a strategy that works for you. Stick to it. Please don't feel compelled to start using more complicated programs like Premiere Pro and Final Cut and the like because I have – I mean, I had to learn it at uni. I was assessed on it actually and uh, we were really assessed on the rudimentary aspects of it, not necessarily stuff that I'm doing now, but it. I'm dreaming about it. I'm literally – going to sleep and I'm dreaming that I'm using Premiere Pro and Illustrator and Photoshop. <laughs> and some... but you can do that thing where you put it under the pillow and it, like, it, um, what is that called? I can't remember where it's supposed to absorb oh, into you. the dreams or what have you, yeah. I just, it's something that I love the idea of being able to make films and actually the person I'm speaking to next is a Finnish filmmaker. So I'll be asking him a bunch of questions about how he's done a lot of his stuff. And he uh, travelled around with the band called Corpaclani to Japan and also Russia. So how do you do things like, they're not little things, they're big things. But the first thing that comes to mind when, that I'll be asking him is, uh, so you're over there and you record stuff. Do you put it up in the cloud because you've got an internet connection? Or do you rely on one of these things here, which are notoriously unreliable and can get lost and broken. I mean, this is the stuff that I dream about, as I say, but it's, it's probably just me and to your point, being a perfectionist about things. And cause, and, and even doing these video things, I don't yep. I'll ask you now, if you've done a lot of the video stuff, cause I've only switched across the zoom and typically I've done almost 600 interviews and 99% or 95%, I suppose I'd better say has been done just over the phone using Skype yeah. and just talking, but I'm finding even this is quite interesting, actually having this this visual interface. And does it work like that for, for you? Like, does, does it feel different doing it like this as opposed to just having a conversation over the phone, so to speak? Totally. Yeah, totally. And um, I do I do some things um, with my artworks and then with music as well, like um, one-on-ones where it's kind of like, um, like mandala readings and stuff like that and the difference even with like with all of that stuff the difference between just having audio and visual mm. is it's a it's nice thing i think there's a lot more people are find it um easier now to do video and stuff because of the lockdowns and everything that have happened so, it's almost um like mm. it's just even though it's been there maybe we haven't been utilizing it as much and it's strange it's like a strange like inverted kind of thing but it's we're getting more connected because videos are, I mean I even use FaceTime a lot more just generally now mm. than I did probably six months ago just because I'm so used to being able to just video call so yeah the video stuff is it's really interesting forgive my ignorance here but mandala readings what are they uh, um, I, cause I draw the mandalas and essentially a mandala reading that, um, I offer them from time to time. It's like, a um, if you ever have, have you heard of vision boards where you kind of get a bunch of images that represent probably things you want, sure, whether it's, yeah. you know, like it's kind of like the laws of attraction type stuff. And, um, mandala reading is more about using your own imagination and visualizing. So I chat with people and, um, as we chat, we kind of center or anchor into if it's whatever they want to manifest, if it's like a job or a record deal or a car or a boyfriend mm. or who knows. <laughs> I just 
try and get them to start imagining it. And the whole time while we chat, I draw, I draw a mandala as we're chatting and I, and they just talk and I kind of just prompt them and, and we chat and chat and I draw and draw. And then, um, I send them the artwork afterwards and they kind of have that as like visual snapshot, um, of, as a reminder of it's all connected in there. So yeah, that's what that is. (laughs) <laughs> that's be- that's beautiful and, and it's interesting it's as a tangent i do tarot card readings i haven't done any in a while i've got to say but i found that well there were two questions that kept on coming up when is my next relationship going to happen and i want a new job and after a while i felt like as i was a counselor as opposed to a, a tarot card reading because sometimes i mean i can read i've got a basic understanding of the cards it's more intuitive more based on the energy exchange as yeah you know what it's like if you're doing the readings and as soon as someone sits opposite you, and they're typically male, and they don't want to do it because their wife's told them to do it or partner's told them to do it, your energy flow goes flat, and you feel like you, you all of your, uh, you feel deflated. You probably don't understand exactly what I'm saying. Absolutely, because people have bought like the readings for gifts for people before, and so you can oh, tell yeah. the people who are like, "I'm here because I, I want it. I know what it is. I'm intrigued." Blah blah blah. And then sometimes, you know. Um, I guess with the cards, it's good, and and because um, I do tarot readings as well. And um, when you have that thing, that physical thing, you can look at, and it helps prompt everything. But it's still really hard when someone's kind of closed off because you're not getting much. But when I'm trying to like get them to like, so what does this look like, and blah blah blah, yeah. and they're just kind of like, I don't know, like. It can be, it's challenging, but um, it always teaches you something um, within your own kind of stuff as well, I find, with that stuff. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. It's something that I'm very careful about how and when I do it these days, I've got to say, about how I share my energy around that sort of stuff. Because as a kid and growing up, I used to just do it for anybody. And I, I sort of found after a while that it wasn't as strong. So I sort of picked my moments now. And I find that I'm better for that reason. So I, I only, I, God, I can't remember the last time I did it. It would have been a couple of years ago, to be honest with you, that I last did a reading for somebody. But I, I distinctly remember that for a period of time, it was just those two questions, one after the other. And uh, other stuff would come up, as you know, and you think, should I tell them about this? And you think, no, nah, it's not really my job. And I'm pretty direct when I give sort of, when I give feedback on, on that sort of stuff. And uh, hey, look, I'm just conscious of time. And I want to find out a bit more about Wind Me Up, because this is, this is your other cut. And yeah. it's it's more of a rocker, meaning it's a bit more upbeat than disappear. What I got from it was a slight Portishead vibe. Not the again, a bit like the the yeah the Portishead thing. I keep getting that. It's not intentional, but um, as we were creating it, we started realizing that, and that's what people have been saying. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> well, no, I think it's a great cut, and I think it's and and please take it as a compliment because they're incredibly hard to to uh, draw inspiration from and actually get right, to be honest with you, because people end up sounding dubby or trip-hoppy or what have you. But, of course, you haven't done that. You've you've got a similar vibe or atmosphere in, in this particular cut here. But my question for you around it is, does it showcase a more intense side of you? Because uh, I don't, I'm not getting that vibe from you that you're intense. You seem pretty chilled and mellow, but that's a pretty in, intense cut. Yes, no, um, I am chill and mellow probably half the time. <laughs> <laughs> All that power and um, that intensity comes through, probably in performing and stuff. But, yeah, with Wind Me Up, um, that song definitely represents that part. It's um, It came together as pieces over actually quite a few years of playing live shows and because I do the looping, um, just like a, 
a piece with a bunch of harmonies and then another piece. And then as time goes on, I would just jam it out. And um, that song is is 100% represents that um, intensity, that side of things that is like um, there's the highs and the lows of everything and, and that song's kind of like, um, you yeah, know, highs and lows of tumultuous kind of lust and love and confusion and just a roller coaster and all that kind of stuff. So that's where that song sits. There's yeah. more, there's definitely more like that, which I'll be recording. <laughs> I kind of got those uh, more subdued vibes out on this EP and then that's a bit foreshadowing of where it's going. So. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And and what I've noticed through you've got a great social media presence, by the way. Congratulations on that. And it's incredibly hard for an artist to get that balance right. But I think you've done it. I mean, you've even got a Pinterest page, as well. Yes. Uh, and I think you I used to be in fashion and blogging as well. So <laughs> I kind of have like gone through them all, and you take little bits from every industry and and see what works. You know. Well, I just think I just think you, you've got a very well-rounded approach, so that people can get into you. Uh, I spoke to a band earlier on and uh, they've produced a magnificent one song EP that they, uh, because we're pretty, I'm kind of of a similar mindset to be honest with you, I, I just don't like social media, it's just not, I've got to do it, I just look at it as a necessary evil but they weren't doing it at all and I had to go through a record company uh, intermediary to have a discussion with them but yours is actually a model for anybody out there who wants to know how to actually represent themselves and put themselves out there in a way that doesn't come across, you're not like, you know, overbearing and there's oh. some, but, but there's a number of ways that you can find you and get into your music and, and for an indie artist to have, I think you've got almost 7,000 or 8,000 genuine followers. You haven't yeah. bought any of them and I checked that to be honest because it's not that I doubted you but I've, I've seen a few come through. That's where they come from. That's the thing like, and it's strange because I've got that on Facebook and Instagram and um, I think over the years because I've done some different things um, with music, it's um, interesting because, yeah, they're all real and they come from everywhere, um, like mm. all over the world and it's really cool. It's very eclectic the group of people I can't seem to pinpoint you know that type of person that's into my stuff which is kind of fun because I just do what I do and people like this part or they like that part and I kind of think the social media thing is like a I just share all the aspects so some people like some of it some people don't like other parts and that's totally fine you know go to another platform then (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Hey, I better wind things up, but just on that note, what what is your Facebook and Instagram profile or handle or whatever the correct terminology is these days? Everything is under just my name, so Morgan Jonel. Good on you. Okay. All right. Well, look, this has been a wonderful conversation, way too short to be honest with you because I feel like (laughs) there's plenty of things we could have spoken about. You know, I've got to share this with you, Morgan. It it always happens to the ones I get talking to some people like yourself and Crystal Ignite, you know, Firestarter artist as well, and we get about 20 minutes in and I've got to go and do something else. And I'm like, it's always with the artists that I wanted to spend more time with. So take that as a compliment. <laughs> Andrew, that's really cool. Cheers. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. That means I'm Andrew Mackay-Smith because I'm the only bugger that interviews people around here. And that was Perth artist Morgan Janelle you just heard from. Check out his stuff. Thanks so much for listening.